that you're not alone and when we get to the Bible verses that we just read a few minutes ago, we'll see that God has given us a helper. In fact, uh, Paul says it's Christ the Spirit, which is very interesting, but we have God in us and we have a comforter, a helper and someone who stands beside us. The second thing I'm going to be talking about is that we need to commit ourselves daily as living sacrifices and cooperate with the Holy Spirit in his work and thirdly that God is glorified when we do so. So let's pray. Almighty God, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we need you in our life to teach us and help us to grow in you. More than that, we need your help to cope with this world and this life, for we have so many things happen. We thank you that not only do you want that, but you are glorified when we rely on you. Please, as we look at your word, we ask that you will help us to hear your word and apply it to our lives. Help us to grow in you, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And so in talking about this, those three points I hope turn up in these um, four points. That is that, and I want to, you probably see that very vague picture in the background of, of a person standing on a hand. And I want to give thanks to um, Don Ludlow, uh, that's Kylie's dad, who is a real artist, and uh, I pinched his idea and modified it. But the idea is, and in fact there's more than 60 verses that talk about God's hand supporting us, supplying power, being the, 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 the guide for us, uh, being everything for us. And so a place to stand is really talking about choosing whether you're going to stand on the rock of Jesus or you're going to stand on the sand to some extent. It's really looking at the place to stand is in God's hand. Okay, it's a place of peace, a place of protection, a place of power and promise. That's all I'm talking about, but boy, there's a lot more that we could talk about. Okay, the place to stand. Well, I want to start off by saying that we're all on a journey, the journey that God calls sanctification. It's the changing of of us from being worldly to being glorified. It's the Holy Spirit's work in us and through us to achieve his plan for our lives and allow us to be co-workers with Christ in this world. And so... What I'm talking about is part of how we deal with life and how we can enjoy peace and the joy of God and the hope that he gives us in this mess that we call the world even. And so we start with the verses that we were looking at. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him or knows him, 
but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Um, I just want to touch on the first part of that verse that says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's not saying, if you keep my commandments, you'll love me. It's saying, the natural outworking of God's love for us, he says, we love because he first loved us. Our response to his love for for us is us loving him back. And because we love him, we will desire what he desires. We will desire to keep his commandments. And we'll do that because we love him, but also because they're good and they're the things that make our lives richer and better. And as a result of loving God and being right with him, God and Jesus will provide another helper, also God, God the Holy Spirit, and he will dwell with us forever. He's the spirit of truth. He is truth. And if you don't know God, you just cannot uh, have the Holy Spirit because um, they, you will not see him or know him. Okay, so... Let's move on and we'll talk about a place of peace. There's two parts to this. We can have peace with God, which is wonderful and and fantastic, and peace in this world. And we're going to look at those things, starting with peace with God, which is probably the most wonderful of it all. And we start with, basically, what is the good news? Good news? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, well, that really isn't good news. But it's true. Every one of us has done something wrong and all of us have lived and done something by turning our back on God sometime in our life. And God says, well, this is in Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, um, the word of the Lord came to me in uh, verse 1 of, of the thirty. Uh, of Jeremiah 30 and he goes on to say um, the word of the Lord told me about the uh, bringing back of the people, children of God and how they would be made right with God and then it goes on to verse 23 and uh, where it's talking about the wicked and says behold a storm of the Lord wrath has gone forth a whirling tempest It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished his intentions of his mind. In the latter days, you'll understand this. He's saying all of this was in the latter days and this was how Judah and Israel and all those that love God will be brought into comfort and joy, but the wicked would perish. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. I don't know exactly what hell is like, but from what I can see, it'll be a place without all the good that is God. No love, no joy, no peace, no anything that we would count as wonderful. Um, Not something that any of us would like 
But the good news is that God has done something. His great love for us. He has made, for our sake, he, God the Father, made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that him, in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What this is saying is that Jesus on the cross took our sin. He is perfectly righteous. He took our sin. But at that time, for all those who know and love him and all those who will know and love him, he made them count to be righteous before God. He Basically, God the Father said, you're not guilty. What a wonderful thing. And... uh, he also said, in, Jesus said in other places that to take, make use of his sacrifice, we need to repent and believe. Repent means basically turning around from going our own way to going God's way. Uh, the word means turn around, basically. And so uh, it means depending on God, looking to God for our strength, for our supply, for, for everything. And so that means that we, even as Christians today, need to keep on repenting um, and believe. And believe is an interesting word, you know. You can believe in anything. Uh, But this means believing to the point of action and to which I need to ask, just how many... Could you show your hands how many of you actually... Uh, check to see that that seat that you're sitting on wasn't broken and about to fall in, fall apart. Uh, no? Okay. Anyone bring a strain gauge to, to check the... Uh, okay. You know, what you did was you trusted in that chair and you didn't even think of it. You just sat down there. Jesus says, unless you believe like a little child, unless you trust like a little child, um, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. What he wants us us to do is to trust in him and believe and act. I'll just mention also that, you know, the word faith is the noun form of, of, of trust, if I can call it that. Believe is the verb form of 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 faith and so God gives us faith but we have to believe we have to act it out we have to do something and so the second point I was saying in the beginning is we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in believing and acting out that belief okay now in Christ Jesus you who were once far off has been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace. And so we can have peace with God and Jesus Christ is that peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because we've been justified through faith. The uh, Bible tells us that it's by faith we are saved Uh, By grace, it is not our own work, lest anyone should boast. Um, 
You know, God is glorified when we seek our peace with him. Um, We are acknowledging the wonderful thing that he's done and he's glorified when we do that. And we seek as, as people to glorify God. So we now look at peace in this world. Oops. Um, a definition of peace, probably not the best, but it'll do for today. It's this tranquil state of appreciation and faith when we submit to and trust the commandments and the promises of God. It's, it's believing what God has said and, and acting on it and living it like you've sat on that chair. And it, it's uncomfortable. I'm relaxed. In spite of what the world is and what the world's doing, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you, I like maths, so I'll give you some equations now. You know, don't be anxious about anything. Boy, anxious is something that most of us have from time to time. Wouldn't it be good if we could deal with that anxiousness? You know, some of us have suffered depression. Uh, I have, uh, or at least clinical depression. Wouldn't it be good if we had a way to, to cope with that? We do. And this is part of part of it. Um, don't be anxious about anything. Is what God is saying to do it because the Lord is at hand. In fact, He's indwelling within you. But by prayer and supplication, two things: prayer and supplication. Prayer is uh, He particularly saying supplication is the the asking part of prayer. Um, with thanksgiving, that sort of gratitude, you know, acknowledging all the wonderful things that God has done, uh, we can have, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. So this is the outworking of, of asking God with gratitude. Um, and in short, it's trusting God. Okay. Let's look at another verse. Oops. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, what uh, I'm reading from Philippians 4, 5 through 9, and this is a continuation of this Philippians. It's about 6 or something. Uh, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So in the context of peace with God and peace in our hearts, he's saying that if you think right, this also leads to peace. You see, when we think of these things in trust of God, we're saying, hey, look, it's not up to me, it is God. Um, we sang two songs this morning. I ended up taking a photocopy of, uh, of them. Um, 
one, one the verse was um, it, 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 I can't even read my picture what a blow life is hard but the other bit is that um, all glory be to Christ his rule and his reign we'll ever sing all glory be to Christ which is wonderful all of this when we think right, we're doing it in the context of God being everything in all and the wonder of what he has done. Wonderful thing. When we think and focus on these things, you know, I don't know if you had your grandson, maybe you don't have grandsons, uh, who rings you up last night saying, my car that I've just bought and still have a loan on is broken down in Brisbane in the um, car park at the Chandler uh, place with the and I don't know what to do. And he lives in Brisbane, uh, Toowoomba, by the way, and uh, um, what do we do about this? You know, God says, hand it all to him. Uh, we, we were looking before. Uh, don't be anxious about anything. Hand it all to him. Focus on all the good things and it will help you in times of trouble. You still need to do something, but do it in the context of handing it over to God. Right thinking leads to peace. Going on in that same Philippians reading, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you and this really says to me applying God's word to your life leads to peace what you've learned and received and heard from Paul in this case remembering that all scripture is inspired so this really was from the Holy Spirit through Paul what you've learned in, in, in what he has presented and practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So you apply the word of God to you, to your life and that will give you and lead to peace. Okay, another verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in love. That is, when you actively trust God, when you say, irregardless of this situation, I will trust you what you have said, God says, joy and peace and abounding in hope will be the result. Because God is the God who created heaven and earth. He's the one who hung the stars in the sky and raised Jesus Christ from the dead and will raise us. You know, we he is all-powerful. Boy, we can trust him. We're called to trust him. Uh, and so that's the summary of the points that we just talked about. The end result of this is that God is glorified when we seek our peace in him. God is glorified when we seek our peace peace in him. That's an active thing of believing. Just like sitting on that chair, you have to deliberately seek your peace in, in him 
And he is glorified by that because he wants you to. He wants to supply your needs and help you and be with you and be the comforter and be the helper. And he is glorified when you take him up on that offer. Place of protection. By the way, that's the majority of stuff. We go quick now. Um, Place of protection. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that bestow, that you bestow in the sight of all, that is, on all those who take refuge in you. God wants us to look to him for our refuge, for our place of protection. It begs the question of what are these good things. And um, One point, though, is, is on those who take refuge in you, that means we have to do action. We have to deliberately intend to take refuge in God. Seek him as our refuge. Okay, that's our doing part. And he gives these good things, peace, joy, hope, love. That plus says, boy, think of all the other things that he does. There's tons of them. But those are the ones I thought I'd pick out. There's many other verses on uh, refuge and strength. Um, And I won't read them this morning. But if you go through the Bible, you'll see that there's um, at least 30 talking about refuge, God being our refuge. There's lots. Go worthwhile looking at them. But those are the ones that I've just pulled out for this morning. You know... This is a theme, I think, we're coming up with here. God is glorified when we take our refuge in him because that's what he wants of us, or one of the things. Because we are saying, you are God, we're not God. I'm not God. I trust in you. And he's glorified by that. So, a place of power. If anyone loves me, He will keep my word and the Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. You know, again, the one who hung the stars in the sky is the one who is making his home in us. That is power. The secret is it's not our power. It's God's power It's God's power in us. We don't actually get powerful ourselves. In fact, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So the more that you recognise that you are powerless in this situation, the more that God is, is, is able to do and his power is made perfect as we trust in him and rely on him. Paul says, you know, and because of that, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ might rest in me. And what's more, people who recognise that they are helpless, hopeless, without um, power in this world, in a mess then are able to say, hey, look, there is one 
who will give me hope, will give me love, will give me peace in this horrible world. So even more good when we recognise it's our weakness that allows God to be glorified and to to be seen. Um, Power means to submit to God, really. It really means allow God's power in your life and God to work through you. And we're told... um, in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight our, our paths. Oh, I dropped the first bit. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means do it. Um, be determined. Be determined to trust the Lord. You know, um, we, we sort of, I, I know, I trust God. But it takes me a while to wake up when something happens. It takes me hours sometimes to, 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 sh- to hand it over to God. Make this a name to trust the Lord with all your heart and recognise that your understanding is not God's understanding. And we can be so wrong even when we think this is good. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Strong in the Lord means that we, we are allowing God to work in us and through us. This verse goes on to say, put on the whole armour of God, and I won't go into that, but it's worth looking at each of the parts of what God says is our armour and how it works. But um, it is all showing that we depend on God. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Once again, we are called to actually work at sanctification. We've got the Holy Spirit who's doing the work in us, but we have to keep on handing ourselves over as living sacrifices. You remember Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This is the... Uh, the rat translation, Ray's awful translation. Uh, uh, um, be living sacrifices. That um, the the problem with living sacrifices, as someone once said, they keep on getting off the altar. And that's what I find in my life. You know, we are told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That means we've got to work at it. In short, it, it, it doesn't happen automatically. The Holy Spirit is in us, but we work out our salvation with God who is in you. Trying to look at what his good pleasure is. In that Romans reading, he says, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might know his good and perfect will. Okay. God is glorified when we allow his power to work in us and through us. Because this is what he wants us to do. This is what declares that God is God and we're not God. When we look to him for our power and when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the things that he directs us to do, God is glorified. Place of promise. I last of those P's. I couldn't find any more P's, otherwise we'd be going to 
dinner time, so maybe that's good. Okay, not one word of all the good promises the Lord has made to the house of Israel has failed. All have come to pass. That was Joshua who said that. You know, there is not one word of all the good promises that the Lord has made ever that have failed. And certainly some of the things, the promises of the future will definitely come to pass. God is truth. God is is righteous. He never lies. He is always faithful. All his promises will come to pass. Truly, truly, I say, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Uh, this is a, collect, a collection of about five promises that that Paul and I like at any rate. Um, but, you know, if we believe God and Jesus Christ, we will have eternal life. If we respond to him rightly, we'll have eternal life and won't come to judgment on this basis, but, uh, uh, um, but we'll have already passed from death to life. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you, to your remembrance, all that I've said to you. What a wonderful present. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful remembrance that, that God will teach us and help us to know him more. And, you know, there's one minor nickel here. Bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. How do you remember if you haven't heard? So I'm going to say to you, to remember, you need to have read or to hear. Please, God has given the word of God, his word to us, that we might know him more fully. And so um, so that you can remember, please read. Okay, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Who wants joy in their life? Who wants fullness of joy? Who wants their joy to be full? I can tell you I do. Yeah. Um, God God says, hey, this is what I want for my people. This is what I want for you. In other verses, it tells us, hey, we're going to face troubles. And I can tell you, if the Lord doesn't return, there's a, every one of you is going to die. Um, some people in this world die in horrible ways. This is not a perfect world. God says, in spite of that, you can have peace, you can have joy, you can have hope, you can have wonderful life in Christ in this misery of this world. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. But you know, you don't get it if you don't seek it, if you don't work at it. You actually have to uh, work out your salvation. and um, But you've got a helper. 
the Holy Spirit is there. He's also the comforter. These things I've spoken to you. What, what things have he spoken to us? Um, the verses immediately before John 15 and verse 11, he, he talks about, um, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He is the true vine, we are the branches. He said that he, we abide in him and he abides in us. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, he's not saying you can't lift your your breakfast up and eat it. <coughs> what he's saying is, you can't do anything of eternal significance without God. But you know what? You couldn't even... God is sustaining this world. Without God, we couldn't pick up our breakfast and eat it. Uh, but it's really saying nothing of significance is worthwhile without God. That's the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to his good pleasure. And we're appointed to bear fruit. And the thing is, I was thinking I'd bring in a, 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 an orange branch and cut off from the tree. It's not a, a vine. It's not a, a grapevine. But here's, here's this orange branch. Wouldn't it be good to see it growing fruit on this branch that's not connected to anything, sitting out? You know, we really need God working through us and in us, in us and through us. We need the sap that is the Holy Spirit. We need God to do all of that with us. And to bear fruit, we need the Holy Spirit continue to working in us and through us. Okay, near the end, for all the promises of God find their yes in him who? Jesus Christ. For all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. And that is why it is through Jesus that we utter our amen to God for his glory. So promises of, of forever and hope in this life Eternal life with God, peace in this mess, love. A sidetrack. A sidetrack too often. Some years ago, down uh, we lived in Brisbane and uh, there was a school, Wyndham North. Wyndham North State School had in this year two children at the school commit suicide. Different times they committed suicide and... Um, uh, I was working with the, um, the counsellor, the um, chaplain at that school, and he said to me, you know, look, thinking of this, these suicides, there's three reasons I've found that people commit suicide. One, they feel without hope. They feel that they have, they're not loved, they don't know love in their life. And they don't have any purpose in their life. You know, Jesus Christ provides all the hope for our life today, forever. Jesus Christ provides um, all the love of God to us, so much so that he died on our behalf. Jesus Christ provides us with a purpose for our life. And what a purpose it is. What a glory it is. <clears throat> He's made us ambassadors for God. 
He's making his appeal through us. He's made us a royal priesthood that we might declare the wonders of his glory, that people might come out of this horrible mess of this world and enjoy peace and hope. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading and kept in heaven for you. We've read this before, but all the promises of God find their yes in him. God is glorified when we stand on his promises. Why? Because it says that we're not trusting in ourselves. It says that we recognise that God is all that he is said to be. We at Eastgate have got a mission statement that says to know the word, to, to live the word and to proclaim the word for the glory of the name. And we talk about the word being the word of God but also the word being the living word, Jesus Christ. You know, God is glorified when we know the word, we need to read it, when we live it out in our life to, to trust in him and live it out in his promises and, and, um, and to proclaim the word. He does want us to be his ambassadors. Okay, when leads us to say, you know, in our life, there's two ways we can live. If we go back, if you don't know the Lord, then what you're doing is living a life that you determine what to do and how to do it, by and large. What God has said is we need to recognize, turn around and face God and, and believe in him and act on that belief. And if we do, we can have life in him and peace and hope and all the rest. We go from death to life. We are forgiven and counted as righteous, even though we still sin. You know, every one of us, knowing God or not knowing God, still sins but was all paid on the cross. We counted as righteousness. For Christians, you know, we still sin. Every day, every day, we have the same choice. We can, we can go our own way, <coughs> excuse me, trust in our own understanding for this particular issue, or we can turn to God, run to God in this situation. And that's what we're called to do. This is, this is what this message is about, is we have a helper. We have a helper. We have a, a comforter. God has given us God in us to help and to help us to live this life. We are not alone, but we have to do something. We have to run to God, basically. We have to, in each situation... Look to God and look to his working in us and through us to that. And in that, he will be glorified. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses, let us, aside, 
also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us, let us run with endurance the race that sets before you. That's saying, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. Okay. And finally, the last slide. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. God is glorified when we do this. When we set our eyes upon Jesus. Let's pray. Almighty God, loving Heavenly Father, you are almighty, wonderful, loving, kind. We can't describe all of you. You are so great. Please, we thank you so much for what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. We can't understand how great that love is, how wonderful that is. We ask that your spirit might help us to see that more and more every day. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given us, that is working in us to your good pleasure. And we ask that you will help us to to run that race and depend on you more and more every day. Oh, Lord God, we want to glorify you with our life. And so we ask that you will just keep on doing what you're doing. Help us to grow in, in Christ, in maturity in Christ. Help us to grow in dependence on you, looking to you for our strength, our supply, our wisdom, our direction, everything, Lord, that you will be in all and uh, with us in everything. And we ask this in the name of our wonderful Saviour, our Lord and our God, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to um, stand.